moment. This is it's all good, man. The better. I paused that time. Better Call Saul podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is birthday boy Dave. Happy birthday, Dave. Well played, sir. Thank you very much. It is actually my birthday. I know, and I totally sure. remember that before I walked in and you reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> I totally had that in my head all day. <laughs> all well, it's, day. It's funny because there's an ongoing joke for 12 years about mm-hmm. Tyrantula Doug every day is Doug's birthday. Yep. But today is actually my birthday, so when I tell you that, you don't believe me. Yep. Asshole. Yeah, well, happy birthday, Dave. It's a good one. Yep. Good it's one. all a good man is brought to you in partnership with the TV Showtime app. Make sure that you download TV Showtime. You can join. Uh, man, it's close to like 500,000 Better Call Saul fans discussing the show, uh, ranking the actors, ranking the plot, uploading memes, leaving comments. And you can also do the same for thousands of TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool app. We keep talking about it. I have nothing more to say. It's fun. Yeah, they, they help us out. Uh, we're... We're honored to be a part of it. It's been uh, good for us. We're glad that other people are um, checking it out. So, yeah, and if you're listening to us through the app, let us know because we, we've had some feedback through the app. But I am very curious to see just how many of you are clicking on the obnoxious second comment that stays <laughs> top of the list. Uh, yeah. So, TV Showtime app. Make sure to download it on your smartphone through whatever store. I guess you download stuff, right? It's like well, iPhone. iPhone would be the app store, and then. Google would be Android would be Google Play, right? Right. The Play Store. Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Get it, download it, live it, love it. Do it. <laughs> Dave and I also host the Nothing Important Podcast along with our friend and preview with the prior third mic, Jeff, where we talk to people who are more famous and successful than we will ever be. You can find that anywhere you can find podcasts and on nothingimportantpodcast.com. And, and on iTunes, it's on the related content it's on what if you go to our itunes page it's on the related podcast section yes it is yes Yes, it is so it should be easy for you guys to subscribe to that i promise we'll have a new episode up soon that's the plan right dave sure i think next nothing important we'll have uh the pfab Mm -hmm. i'm sorry the patrick fabian interview we have uh amongst ourselves been calling it the jib jab with the pfab jib jab with the pfab (laughs) (laughs) uh Quick announcement, starting next week, look out for A Plumbus Among Us, the Rickest <laughs> Rick and Morty podcast. That will be me and Jeff, right. our uh, perennial third mic. He's getting upgraded to the second yeah, mic. Yeah, he's, he's, he's usurping me at the mm-hmm. second mic. And uh, just make sure, Jeff, when you do this, that you flip-flab the food flam with some smooch maps. Exactly. That's exactly. Right. So, uh Anybody out there who's a Rick and Morty fan, make sure to go to Twitter at a plumbus among us, spell exactly how it sounds. <laughs> and uh, you'll be able to, uh, when we load the episodes, you'll be able to subscribe to that. We're going to start with 301, then we're going to go back to 101, mm. keep working our way forward till mm-hmm. 302 hits, and then we'll do every new episode and we'll keep going back, trying to catch them all up. And from time to time, Dave might even pop in. Yeah, I'll probably have to be in on a lot of them because I am the technical supervisor of mm-hmm. the show as it were mm-hmm. and then maybe if you watch the episodes you'll actually get like uh some of the rick and morty references that <laughs> jeff and i always throw around i don't even understand the title of the show <laughs> <laughs> actually it's, that's a lie you showed me the plumbus stuff yep. so it's yeah. it's uh it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be fun it'll be something a little different mm-hmm. and you'll be able to find that on tv showtime as well indeed so, 
They are yeah. apparently fans of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually how we got hooked up with them. They they listened to uh, It's All Good Man, contacted me, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, but right now, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 5, called what, Dave? Chicanery. Sean Connery. All right. <laughs> Here we Which go. This is a very good episode. <laughs> you know, I knew somebody was going to do like a Sean Connery impersonation, but what's funny about like celebrity impersonations is they they never kind of actually sound like right. the celebrity. Everybody just tries to sound like the comedian that's impersonating. Yeah, it's all derivative. This, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to invoke the, uh, the Saturday Night Live version of it. <laughs> Before we get started, I just wanted to point out one thing. Um, yeah. I really like this episode. I was really into it, and yeah. I was digging it. Although... It's Mikeless. It is Mikeless, but still, it's not. It's not great because it's Mikeless. Mm-hmm. It's great because it's great. It, it's you didn't need episode. Mike. You didn't need Mike in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one of the things I was thinking about while watching it before we get into it, it was like kind of like Better Call Saul's clip show, <laughs> right? It, it literally gave throughout the course of it in its own like natural progression, mm-hmm. kind of really gave like an overall synopsis of what better call Saul has done yeah i would say this is definitely a landmark episode in the series this mm-hmm. is it's really coming into its own mm-hmm. and they're really just kind of taking what they've set up for the past three seasons i think this went a lot more into things as far as the progression towards Saul mm-hmm. and jimmy's future right that is, is a really heavy episode Right, stuff. and that's why I say it's kind of like a clip show because, like, when yeah. when TV shows do a clip show, not only do they do it to save money, but it always brings everybody up to speed of mm-hmm. what like the previous. I scenario. think the former is more accurate, though. Save money. Yeah, yeah, that's probably <laughs> way more why they do it. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it pretty, pretty much everything, even from like episode one, they bring up mm-hmm. like all the major things they bring up in this episode. It's funny you bring that up because for the past few days, I've had songs from The Simpsons clip show in my head mm-hmm. especially the one where uh, Otto takes the family hostage mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been on a clip show thing maybe that's what inspired it maybe 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 subconsciously man it got it got all in your brain piece it's like it's like uh Don Eladio's necklace mm. that, that was a really good callback from you by the way because you kept talking about the necklace and then mm-hmm. and then I, I think we mentioned it I know it was definitely mentioned on their official podcast that's why he's called the Winking Greek is because his name, Eladio, means Greek in Spanish. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, and his so necklace his, name. his necklace has one eye on it. So ah, it's yes, the, winking the Winking Greek. Greek guy. Which our listener, Carl, he uh, he he actually tweeted us that while we were recording preview with mm-hmm. the prior, so we couldn't get it on the episode. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, half an hour earlier, we would have mentioned it on preview with the prior. Yeah, and so, we'll, we'll make sure to give you a proper shout out this week on, uh, on preview, preview with the prior. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do the proper shout out then. All right, so here we go. So the show opens. Uh, there's dudes cutting the lawn. They're moving shit into Chuck's house. Um, I, I wasn't sure at first if he was moving in or moving he, out. I was gonna say, was he moving in or was he just prepping for the evening? See, I, I I had no clue for a while there, which I guess is kind of like the genius of how they write stuff because it's mm-hmm. definitely like, well, it's all ambiguous. Yeah, what what the hell is going on? Um, I like how Jimmy walked in with a phone that looks like it was from 1967. Mm-hmm. And uh, while while that's nice, if it was from 1967, I like to think it would have actually been one, like one of them rotary phones. Well, in 1967, you, didn't you still have to call the operator then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I I was pretty young back then. Pass me pass me into Chuck. <laughs> just Chuck. <laughs> like I just want to talk to Chuck, and then they would just pick a random guy named Chuck. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but the, it got me with the you know the, yeah the ring on or off. So I assuming this is fresh from the divorce. Mm-hmm. But if you're having dinner with your ex, you don't do it like the next day. Right, but I, I it, it didn't say anything about her at first. So when he was like ring on or off, that that's what I thought too. I, like I thought he might be having a dinner with her post divorce. Yeah, that's what. But I, I thought, thought it might go another direction if he's making everything not like maybe like he was trying to move on. Yeah. You know, but right, he, yeah, he's still tied. So, but so he like felt conflicted, mm-hmm. you know, about that. But, but no, it was because, you know, it was his estranged wife, I guess, divorce coming back. And he, you know, and he, he, you know, that was like, this is obviously all one just like giant grand gesture of, of love, this whole thing. Yeah, pretty much because he was so adamant about not canceling it. And he's mm-hmm. trying to push through the, uh, the electricity allergy and, uh, that's when Jimmy's like, you know, the bigger the lie, the harder it is to dig it out. Because I was like, what's the lie? Right. You know, what, <laughs> right, what right. are you lying about? But yeah, yeah, plus it's funny coming from Jimmy. Right. You know, giving the sage advice <laughs> yeah. to Chuck. Well, no, um, Jimmy knows from experience. It showed uh, Chuck, like, cooking sea bass on a camping stove, which was kind of funny because, like, this big, like, classy dinner. And those were, like, all the clues I started to pick up on. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Because at first, like, they're putting in, like, the lights and shit. I'm like, is this, like, a remodel? Like, did right. he remodel the house? But um, turns out it was all a ruse. Well, actually, I, I did watch this episode with Tyrantula Doug, and mm. he he's like, is this the same dinner scene from the last episode with Rebecca? I can't remember if that was season one or two. I think that was season two, right? Hmm. Um, remember that dinner scene? Yeah. Where she shows her affinity for Jimmy, and, and it pisses Chuck off. But it can't be, because in that dinner scene, he had electricity. Yeah. Right? He, wasn't, right. he didn't have the allergy yet. Right. So, but it's definitely like a, it kind of had the same vibe. It's like a callback to it in mm-hmm. a way. And uh, you know, he he explains the lack of electricity as billing issues. And then Jimmy like brings wink wink. <laughs> Why are you having billing issues? No, the billing issue oh. was a change of they got the address wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's see? right. Well, they did that. That's thing. right. Yeah, they called back to that. Well, yeah, it was like kind of a funny parallel. Maybe that's where uh, Jimmy got the idea. Ah, uh, good call. Creeped in. How ironic. Jimmy got the idea to fuck Chuck over by his own lie. Yeah. Yep, which is hard to dig out of. <laughs> well, the bigger it is, the harder mm, right. to dig out of. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. That's right. Um, and at first, when Jimmy walked in and the candles were out, I, I wasn't sure if he was part of the ruse or if he was... Like, because then I was like, okay, well, he's having all this shit installed. And even though he mentioned, like, not hooking up the light, mm-hmm. like, the way that it was played, like, when Jimmy walked in, I was like, okay, well, maybe they had planned to turn on some of the... You know, like, because mm. maybe they weren't going to use that particular light, but they're still going to plug in some shit. Like some low wattage lights or right, something? Right, yeah. And then yeah. He, he walks in, and he's like, what, what happened with the lights? Like, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, so did they have a plan to have some lighting, and then at the last minute, like, you know, Chuck backs out and lights the candles? No. No. Mm. No. It was just all part of the... Oh, big ruse. All part of the ruse. Jimmy does the whole, like, oh, man, maybe we should go out. Like, yeah. Totally setting totally, it up. He's playing the straight man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. My main question is, why is Jimmy even there? I think Jimmy's there just to keep the ruse up because Chuck is such a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. He has a problem lying, mm-hmm. so he feels more comfortable with Jimmy there to help him lie. Like he's like the moral support, like right. of sorts. Like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Or it's just he has to be in there to keep the consistency with the callback to the other scene because Jimmy was involved in that scene, and they like to make their viewers think. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Rebecca's talking about how she's on tour uh, with, uh, what does she play, the cello? I assume cello. I don't know if they maybe they said that in the other episode. I don't know if they say what she plays, but definitely with some sort of orchestra. 
So just talking about our tour, you know, la di da, we get it, Rebecca. You're like super awesome at music and shit. That's right. <laughs> like, well, she, she's touring like England or China or something, mm-hmm. or you know, something foreign. Real, real quick, it's you want a US tour? Uh, a lame note that I had here. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, uh, I've watched this several times before I took notes, and then I took notes, and uh-huh. none of it was really new to me. So I was just kind of like freewheeling my notes, like, look, see, there's all sorts of drawings and shit in my notepad. <laughs> but uh, one of the jokes was as Chuck was making dinner. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like, man, Chuck is like yogurt. He's so fucking cultured. <laughs> <laughs> but doom ching cultured. <laughs> huh? uh. So she, she gets the phone call, which obviously sparks a freak out on Chuck's end. And uh, I did like how that was played. Like how he, he was trying to hold back. He was really trying to hold back, but right. it, got, it got the best of him. And, uh, I like it when he, he took the cell phone and like threw it. Uh-huh. She's like, what is your problem? And he's like, oh, uh, rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Bad etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> but that was perfect. Having Once you finish the episode, you realize how perfect that scene was mm-hmm. because it really shows she's the trigger. Mm-hmm. He started. He didn't get affected because he had a cell phone in his presence because he was talking to somebody else when he wanted to have dinner with her mm-hmm. and making something else a priority over him. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I just, yeah, and the whole time, you're just like, just tell her the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Care about her, tell her. Let yeah, her and he, he's just, uh, he just won't tell her. Like, no. I, I don't know. I guess Chuck just doesn't want to look either well, crazy he, or weak. Yeah, they explained it in the last scene. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to put it on her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Opening scene is the bench. No, they this do- one I thought had a lot of black and white in it. Because it's been getting more black and white, well, that, dude. The, the week dude, that I said that one was did, all color, brother. Was it? What, did you go back and look? Yes. Okay. So you verified? Sure did. Yeah, <laughs> I totally did. You're totally pulling it out of your ass. I do realize that that is the bench in the Better Call Saul episode of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. That bench is the bench that Badger got busted on. Really? Yeah. Same advertisement and everything. Uh, yeah. That's the, the I think because like the Statue of Liberty is on top of the building. Mm-hmm. I think these are all callbacks to like the first like ch- like Saul's office. Like the first time you see Saul, you see all this stuff mm-hmm. except for the cell phone drawer full of burners. No, nope, he had that. that in Breaking Bad. He, he well, had not it. in the first episode though, because mm. that bench I'm pretty sure is the exact bench that Badger was busted on, mm. and that was the introduction to Saul. That was mm-hmm. his first client you saw was Badger, mm-hmm. which is why I think Badger's going to come up. This he's got to come in soon, right? Mm, no, if Jesse that's in Pinkman Breaking Bad, brought him into Breaking was- Bad. It would have to be after he became Saul Goodman. You're so, right. God damn it, you're right. Yeah, so a lot, a lot, but you're not alone. A lot of people have been bringing that up, and I'm like, no, that happened like well into Breaking Bad, like after he was Saul Goodman. So the second season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Which in the Breaking Bad universe is a couple months. <laughs> right. Because right? it's yes. two years. Five seasons is two years. Yeah. And season five is like a year in itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you're right. That's a good call. They all these like Jesse and Badger have to come in after yeah, everybody Saul keeps because they that, hire him as Saul. Once again, there's I I doubt Jesse and Badger probably not. Those those would be my guesses. I say it does happen at some point. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Uh, Jimmy's at the vet hanging on to uh, his uh, uh, Walmart goldfish that he just bought <laughs> <laughs> as an excuse. Yep. So, uh, our buddy. I love, and I love how they always make sure the vet's reaction is like always about the pet first. Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah. are you doing, man? There's no oxygen in this bag. <laughs> like he knew it was a female fish. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it doesn't have a dick, you can't tell what sex it is. <laughs> um, oh, but it's good to see Joe DeRosa like again. Yeah. Already he's in the first more screen time this season. Yeah. Good for like. him. 
And I've actually been texting him back and forth, trying to get him back on the show. The first time he missed the call time. The second time we had some sort of weird miscommunication where he's just like, you know, in like a weird time zone. Uh huh. And I, I sent him the reminder of the, that of I the sent- four that are in this country, he's in the weird one. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> he's like not one that goes back three. According hours. to Google calendars, because the the invite <laughs> I sent to you and Jeff, and then sent to Joe DeRosa, it had the correct time mm-hmm. on my end, but on his end, it had a different time. Is he in that spot in Indiana that doesn't follow daylight saving? Yeah, he's hanging out with Mike Rowe in San Francisco, <laughs> where they have no yeah. electronics. <laughs> and if you want to hear our discussion with Mike Rowe, check out <laughs> the Nothing Important <laughs> podcast. But anyway, it's awesome to see him. He's a good guy. and Yeah, he um, was gracious with us for the first chat. He agreed to a second one. We're just trying to schedule it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy tells him he needs, you know, for whatever plan, you know, we don't know yet, whatever plan he's concocting, he needs somebody with a light touch. And uh, he asks if got to fit in a tight space. And right then and there, I was like, Huel. Mike. That's it, man. That tip Huel me in a tight space. I thought Mike. No, he said, does he need to fit in a tight space? And Jimmy says, I don't think so, or something like that. Oh. He's, like, he's like, oh, well, then I have just a guy. I just now realized that Huel is the guy they were talking about. Yeah. That he comes yeah, later in the episode. Yep, but that, we'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Then we pick up with Kim after her Mesa Ver, uh, Verde meeting. Ponytail on point. Ponytail game on point. <laughs> everything <laughs> was uh, Everything went swimmingly, but then she kind of feels like, you know, they invite her to dinner. Uh, and then she feels she has to let them know exactly what's going on. She's involved with Jimmy McGill, who's going to go to a hearing with Chuck McGill, and mm-hmm. it might become public at some point. But she has to assure them that it's not going to affect Mesa Verde. But since mm-hmm. she's their attorney, then they should know. So it's nice. Full disclosure. Right. Full disclosure. Nice that was move. the title of the preview clip we addressed in preview of the prior. We talked about that scene because mm-hmm. we discussed what would happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. Score one for Dave. What did Dave and say? you? What was the you, I think, called it almost exactly. Mm-hmm. Slaps her on the shoulder, says, "I don't care. You're my guy." Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's it. Just seemed like that's just a natural way that that could possibly go. Right, but they teased it in the preview scene as if he might have a change of heart. By the way, his name's Kevin. It's Kevin? not Mister Green. No, it's Mister Verde. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Kevin, mm-hmm. and I do like that they made they they had Paige question. Mm-hmm. Him. Like, you're sure this? You know, right? She had to like double, but, well, doubts. because she basically put her. Right. You know, that's her dad. So, like, she put her. It is her dad. Is that her dad? I'm pretty goddamn sure think it's her that's dad. Her, somebody's got to answer that question. For All right. Us, well, Mr. Verde is her dad. <laughs> so, Paige Verde says. <laughs> right. <laughs> Paige <laughs> Mesa, in quotes, Verde. <laughs> it's a family business. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, anyway, all joking aside. Right. But it's on her because she brought Kim in. So, you know, yeah. she has to cover her ass, too. It's like, hey, uh. Right. Like, seriously, like, he's impressed and he's cool with it. But, you know, it's just kind of a subtle way of being like, don't make me look like an ass. Right. Don't fuck me over. You know, and she assures her that everything is all right. I like how she used the line that's pretty Baroque. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Okay, the only thing I know Baroque is he's like a painter, right? (laughs) And uh, Style of art. Yeah, it is. It's a a Baroque painting. It's a style of art. And I was trying to figure out what she meant by that. I guess she was making some sort of weird corollary to like abstract art, but I don't Baroque was Baroque was like dark. Yeah. Messed up. Yeah, it's not really abstract. So maybe 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 she's just uh Well, hold on a second. Please hold. And then you should put in that hold music. Dude. 
No, I'm just going to cut it down. I'm just going to cut it down. Baroque is often thought of as a period of artistic style which used exaggerated motion and clear, easy, interpreted detail to produce drama, tension, exuberance, and grandeur in sculpture, painting, architecture, literature, dance, theater, and music, and apparently court cases also. Well, that does make sense because Chuck is known for his dance skills and... So, well, that would she's that, it's a very elaborate yeah, ruse. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yes. I, I don't know why I'm sillier than normal tonight. It's probably this uh, cherry Dr. Pepper. 20, so it's uh, 24 flavors? That's what I was just going to say. Is it 24 <laughs> flavors? What the fuck? If you add cherry to Dr. Pepper, it's 24, 24 flavors. 24 flavors, yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, and Kim gives them out. You know, we can discuss leaving, blah, blah, blah. We already, uh, we already talked by that. Oh, and I do have a big note here that says called by Brian, so go me. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like I said on the preview of the prior, uh, we felt the same way, but you had a more succinct way of phrasing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Next scene, Chuck and Howard are viewing and approving the hearing room. That's right. Howard, for some reason, walks off to the corner so he can fart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when That's I, what Doug said, because <laughs> he totally has a look on his face like he's about to release one. I, well, I noticed that. He like... um. <laughs> What I like about that is uh, you'll hear in our interview with Patrick Fabian, I brought up his Superman stance. Like, yeah. He's always in like the superhero, like mm-hmm. like chest out, like ready to rock stance, you know? Yeah. And I was laughing even harder because if you go back and watch the scene, not only does he stand there like Superman, he does like the classic like superhero, like look off to the distance. Like as it, as it pans out of the room, he's standing there like arms by his side and flex uh-huh. and he does this. Like looks off yeah, like heroically kind of, yeah. to the right. And uh, and I like that. I like that about Howard. I like that whole facet of his character that he's mm-hmm. always. Uh, well, speaking of facets of his character, what do you think? Do you think that he was processing some stuff? Because Doug said that uh, he doesn't believe Chuck, and I didn't know if he was processing some information or if he was just politely waiting for Chuck to finish his thing, and then he was going to turn around and ask for a moment. Well, more. I, I, I th- yeah, I think what I think it was weighing on his mind because like Chuck is so determined to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it's obvious by what comes next because Howard basically says like, Hey, don't, are you, are you really sure that you have to testify? And Chuck is like, well, this is about PR you foreshadowing know? by the way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Chuck is like, this is about PR because he doesn't want, right. If things go awry, it'll, it'll look bad. And he's worried about because HHM lost the client. Chuck did lose the client, but HHM mm-hmm. lost the client and they could look bad. Right. And then, and, and anything, and, and it, I mean, his name's on the company, so anything bad on him reflects poorly upon right. Howard and the other H. Mm-hmm. And, and Hamlin, you know, even kind of like tries to put him in his place a bit because he says, you know, Jimmy had access to the documents that, that should have awesome. been secured yeah. in HMM office on your watch. It was you. Like, you know, like he's pretty much saying like. While he was that, incapacitated. He, he was legitimately incapacitated right. in that moment. Right. So maybe you should just like chill right <laughs> you know let the pros and handle this one so i th- I think the look on his face was is that he was he was it, just having that internal struggle you know like when you really got to say something to somebody and you're just waiting for the opportune time but it, it's obvious that it's like weighing on, on mm-hmm. you know you can see it in somebody's face i think that's what it was like right. he was just like waiting to be like like what he wanted to do was blurt out like don't fucking say anything but right. like he, he couldn't right so i i think <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think that's probably more likely than him um, 
coming guess. <laughs> it just it looked like he what? went off of the corner to let him Flatulence hasn't really been a big plot point in, <laughs> in either Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, so it would have been Did really odd time. Did you not see the look of relief wash over his face? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go, go rewatch the scene. I swear to God, it's there. But, um, yeah, Chuck was the, determined to take the stand, and that's when everybody leaves. And, um, you know, so maybe that was more Howard's, like, look off to the side, like, you know, he was, he was probably just waiting. Just he was looking just up to the heavens. The he was just like, oh, God. Like, you know, like. No, I don't think it was all. I think he was just literally just counting seconds until he could have his moment alone mm-hmm. with Chuck. Yeah. Okay. And then, but then Chuck clearly states, you know, Jimmy deserves disbarment, which we established for my phone call with my lawyer friend who shall mm. also rename, remain nameless. It's not necessarily a certainty that he will get disbarred, but that's definitely what Chuck's going to push for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It, it's kind of funny that you're actually here because it got me thinking uh, season one, when Dave and I did this, my wife was often in the room and periodically you could hear her make some smart ass comment, making fun of us. <laughs> like, so yes. it, it's nice to have like somebody else who's completely uninterested in what we're doing. And probably thinks this is like ridiculous watching us talking to microphones, talking about a TV show right now. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just nice to have uh, another uh, female voice to um, to chime in. Thoughts? Bonus point. Nobody cares what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't disrespect my girlfriend in my house, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Back. I think she knows your personality. By <laughs> All right. Uh, unlike your wife, she listens to our show. <laughs> <laughs> but not this show because she doesn't watch Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No Rick and Morty? Because I, I hear, I hear uh, two of the guys from It's All Good Man are doing the Rickest Rick and Morty podcast called Aplumbus Among Us. You could probably follow that at Twitter, <laughs> Aplumbus Among Us. This is all getting cut out. By I'm me. just saying. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> we see Kim and Jimmy kind of mounting up, right? Like regulators, like, like getting ready. Yeah, that's kind of what was going through my mind. Like uh, I like the voiceover mm-hmm. and like they're prepping for like, mm-hmm. there's a weird thing because they had like the Kimmy superhero, Kimmy, the Kim superhero montage. Right. Like Wonder Woman. And the, like And yeah. the one scene and now it's like they're they're like the, the dynamic duo. Yeah, getting ready, but it's the most mundane stuff. They're brushing mm. their teeth, having breakfast, mm-hmm. but the voiceover is going on. But the thing on. is, they're there for support with each other. Remember, he like touches right, he their shoulder. Little, yeah, you know, like like, hey, I'm here for you. Uh, Dave Porter totally missed an opportunity to throw in a regulate by Warren G on that one. I think he probably should have done that. Now, mm-hmm. If we ever get Dave Porter back on, I'll, I'll have to tell him that. Yeah, Dave, call me. I got ideas, man. <laughs> get that ASCAP license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and I actually, for some reason, I wrote down. What they were doing, they they brush their teeth, they march into the courtroom, and then you see like the <laughs> shoulder touch, and um, she she you know like removes the fuzz mm-hmm. from his shirt, you yeah, know, little cutesy, all stuff. touch of stuff, you know. Kim Kim is a ride or die, homie, ride or die. Hamlin's on the stand and he's being questioned by the representative for the disciplinary board. Yes, absolutely. Okay, right, and uh, he's given his view of it. Um, he he rests. Or uh, the disciplinary board. I don't know if he'd be like a lawyer, but like the representative. He's kind of like the arbitrator, right? There you go. Like, he, yeah. Okay. So let's just go no, with the arbitrator. Because he's like a prosecutor. The arbitrator would be the guys at but, the desk. Like the but judges. he's not a prosecutor because he's like a third party. Because it's not like a court a proce- proceeding. That's why I said like a prosecutor. Okay. So he's like the, an he's arbitrator? On the offensive. Okay. 
Well, the arbitrator is the guy that he, the arbitrator is the judge. Mm-hmm. He's the guy listening to both sides and making the decision. Okay, so that's the three people at the desk. Okay, so let's do this, dude. Who is with the disciplinary board is asking questions of Hamlin. Kind of like backs off, has no further questions. Mm-hmm. Now it's Kim's turn, and uh, I kind of like the way she stood up because, like, she was she was like trying to project, like, "All right, it's my time to shine," because now I'm like taking on my former boss. Oh yeah, but, she. I, I said she rises, adjusts, and stares him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I feel like she was a little bit timid as well. You know what I mean? That was that fake, the fake confidence. She was gearing herself up. Mm-hmm. Cause she's staring down the man, you know, that right. at one point held her career in his hands and then squished it. Yeah. And in her head, she's probably like, I can do this, you know, yeah. like just like self reassuring, like, you know, that's probably why, you know, she pulls on her suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can do this. A lot of good body language from uh, Ray Seahorn in this episode. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. And Kim tells the entire story. She wants Hamlin to relay basically Jimmy's entire path. Right. Cause to she's, lawyership. she's trying to, she's, she's trying to paint, the whole thing as an issue of Jimmy's character, mm-hmm. not so much as because they they already know he's essentially for all intents and purposes like guilty of whatever he did. Well, it's, it's so not, she needs to like change the narrative to being about Jimmy's character. It's, it's and putting his experiences. This, she wants to put Chuck and Jimmy's relationship in context mm-hmm. because yeah. the tape is all about the context of their relationship. So she wants it out there to everybody to know that Chuck has been the one standing in Jimmy's way the entire time. Mm-hmm. Because this is another example of Chuck getting in Jimmy's way. I mean, he's flat out accusing him of, mm-hmm. or he set him up to commit certain felonies and misdemeanors. Right, right. So he's, um, I, I like that. You know, she asked like, she was just painting like Howard as somebody who initially was impressed by, mm-hmm. by Jimmy. Charlie him. Hustle. Charlie Hustle. That's right. right. She paints Howard as somebody who's very favorable, or at least one point was very favorable and slightly impressed with the tenacity of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And then the bootstraps, pull yeah. The bootstraps, yeah. And then hits him with the the hard right. Why didn't you bring him on? And his reply is, well, you know, like our, our we we were worried about the nepotism, nepotism, like, like like we engage in nepotism. And then she says, and then the best question of the entire series, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Who who uh, you know who's the other Hamlet? Who's the other Hamlet? Or who's the other H? I yeah, think. who's the other? Oh, no, it is Hamlin, Hamlin. So yeah, who's the other Hamlin? Who's the other Hamlin? You can you can see it in uh, Howard's face, where it's like, like for some reason his character, like he didn't see that coming, you right? Know? But he has to like be honest. So he's just like, oh, like my, my father, my father, like, very defiantly, yeah, like, my father, like like <laughs> like almost like that, like where when you like grit your teeth and say something, like kind of like a shut, like, my like father. you're right. Why'd you make me say this? Right, yeah. it, which was great because. We finally got an answer of who the other Hamlin was. Three seasons later. Yeah. Or two seasons later. Hell yeah. And I even, uh, I, I asked Patrick Fabian that like two years ago. Yeah. And he and wouldn't, he, it, I don't think he, his answer was I don't that think, he didn't even know. Yeah. I don't think they knew them because yeah. like his response was like, well, who do you think it is? Right. And then I came up with some asinine theory how it's like somebody's great grandma or something. I think like. I just said it was his father from the get go. Mm-hmm. Right you you very Street. well may have, but it's good because we finally have. An answer to the question. Yes. And also the nepotism thing is bullshit because it's a father and a son mm-hmm. and then Chuck mm-hmm. denying his brother. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> I always love this about like court. Like I need to, I, I hope I end up in court one day just so I can see this happen in real life. <laughs> um, I love it when somebody says something they're not supposed to mm-hmm. and then somebody objects and they're like, oh, well, pff, I withdraw. 
Strike it from the record? Yeah. Like, nobody heard that. Like, you have like to people ignore are gonna... it if you're on the jury, man. If it's yeah, but from the like record. You're still, like, there's no way to <laughs> ignore it. You know what I mean? But I, I felt that's why she threw out the mental illness out there was just mm. to, like, plant the seed. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, because the guy objects, uh, you know, he's like, hey, this isn't about, this isn't about um, Chuck McGill's mental health, but the for the three judges, you know, like, it's out there. Yeah. You know, it, it, it puts a good foundation for you, everything you, you that now comes after. You can't unhear or unsee something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then I like uh, Francesca, like, kind of getting nervous in the background, and they're talking about, you know, she's waiting for a plane, the plane's delayed, mm -hmm. and then I that's when I realized this is the other thing. What, what when I Mike like was taking pictures, he's like, what about the other thing? And mm -hmm. he's like, I found it in the address book, so that somebody's flying in. And I was with you during your first watching of this scene. Mm -hmm. and you have the same reaction I did because initially he just kind of turns and like gives her like a what, what the hell look like what's just, going on yeah she just kind of like shrugs back and I did I did the same thing you did like Francesca's there mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> like, like, like what, why is she there it's always fun they always leave people in the dark just to answer it like you know not yeah. too not too long afterwards good good, good clever writing mm -hmm. indeed Kim after uh Kim rest i guess not rest her case but I, I guess she has no further questions at that moment and uh i love the angle like just behind jimmy uh at the table kim goes and sits down howard gets off the stand and kind of stares her down yeah right like even though she probably didn't notice but he's totally like um throwing shade as the kids say throwing shade, <laughs> throwing shade. Mm -hmm. I'm so i'm so hip <laughs> i'm so hip here, okay, so here's the thing. My my notes are going to get really kind of ridiculous in a, in a, just a bit. I don't have because, much notes because the last the half of the episode was so heavy. Right, because typically when we do this, it's easy to go scene by scene by scene because each scene lasts a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But uh, Dave and I, as we see it, we don't see the commercials break. And the way that this was cut, it was hard to tell where the commercial breaks was because the back right. two-thirds of the episode were all part of the same scene. Right. So like it was almost like we were watching a movie. Yeah. And it was hard to tell where the breaks are. So our notes might get a little wonky, uh, even more so than they typically are. So just, just kind of bear <laughs> with us. So either way, like, and plus a lot of stuff is happening simultaneously. So we yeah. have like different points that, but yeah. So she, you know, so where we're at now, you know, Howard basically was a testament to the character of Jimmy uh -huh. and he, and he was resentful of it. And when he walked off, like, I like how he like stared her down, but she, you know, her back was to him as she was just sitting down. And then that's actually when Jimmy like looked at Francesca, like they shrugged mm. and it was like, well, what the hell's, um, what the hell's going on? Then they bring in that like crazy ass tape recorder machine. Yeah. Uh, as an audio engineer, I have no idea what the fuck that was. <laughs> <laughs> I would have brought in like a cassette deck and mm -hmm. then play. Yeah. Who the hell uses cassette tapes in 2006, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuck, he's the reason why is because well, they yeah, have to play the original tape. analog as possible because yep. of his aversion to electromagnetic fields. Mm -hmm. Indeed, mm -hmm. indeed. Kim objects to the to the tape and then gets shot down. Okay, but right. they're like, why are why are you objecting? That was already brought up that that was admissible, right? Like, I think it was just like a stall tactic or something. Like, just yeah, a, just a throwing it out there, like, <laughs> like just one last effort to get it mm -hmm. thrown out so you don't have to actually listen to it. Mm -hmm. That's when we find out, after she objects, that's when we find out Francesca is keeping tabs on a flight. Right. Because Jimmy calls her over as they're setting okay. up the weird tape machine, and uh, she says that it's like 40 minutes out, mm. and um, that's when it, they go into stall mode. Right, right. Yeah, he says to stall it, yeah. Which I'm pretty sure, yeah, they need to confer, but I'm pretty sure as lawyers, 
everybody in that room was probably like, dude, they're totally stalled. I'm pretty sure you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that microphone, uh, when she put her hand over it, didn't cover up what they were saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> everybody heard him say, "What are you doing? Stalling." <laughs> <laughs> Then we see Chuck's ready to rumble scene. Yeah, this is his little his locker uh, room scene. He's like yeah. getting pumped up, right? He's practicing what he's gonna say, which is pretty funny. I don't know, for some reason I found that kind of hilarious. Yeah, like because he, he wants to make sure it sounds right. Right. He he wants key phrases to mm-hmm. to hit home as they should. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like how um it it cracked me up when Howard honked the horn or knocked on the door, or whatever he did. And Chuck's like, "I'm coming, Howard." And then he repeats, uh, "What was it? Chuck is my brother." Or the no, the law is too important. Yeah, and Chuck for the last time like says the law is too important, and then as he walks off, he's like, "Yeah," but <laughs> like, he was all proud of himself. Like, like that's the line I want. Yeah, use. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll yeah that'll help me out. <laughs> I like how that scene mirrored everybody else's like get get ready to go scene. Yeah, everybody gets their own little pump it up montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chuck was Chuck was um, except for Hamlin didn't get one. He was just kind of there. I guess he didn't. He didn't get like a pump it up, but it's like that Jimmy and he's Kim. He's always pumped and ready to go. He's, he's got <laughs> he's, the series. Well, Jimmy and Kim do their scene, and then it goes to Howard. Mm-hmm. And then Chuck's doing his scene, and it goes to Howard. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's always the one that comes in at the mm-hmm. end of the pump it up scene. But Chuck has, um, I like when he's going through the scenarios of how he's going to argue mm-hmm. the relationship of him and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And he brings up Ted Kaczynski, and he's like, Ted Kaczynski. I'm sure Ted Kaczynski's brother loved him. So I did look that up, and yes, that's the Unabomber. For mm-hmm. those of you that don't know. And uh, his brother did, in fact, tip him off to the FBI. Mm-hmm. Nice. Out of love. Yeah. Because you can't send letter bombs to people. That's just not cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you call that as we were watching it, too, off the top of your head. Yeah. I I, I was of... watching it with you, and you're like, wait, didn't uh, Ted Kaczynski get turned in by his brother? And you looked at me. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I haven't talked to him in a while. I, 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 sure I will that's... admit, I do have an infatuation with uh, Wikipedia entries. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just read like three serial killer Wikipedias while I was taking my last poop. <laughs> we pick back up in the courtroom. Chuck's en route, and uh, everybody's listening to the tape besides <sighs> Chuck and Howard. And uh, awkward. Super awkward. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Yeah. That's uh I feel like it'd be most awkward for uh well I well Kim right but more so than her actually Fran, Francesca <laughs> cuz she's like she's new to the whole thing Yeah, she's new and now like she's you know she's got to be thinking this is my boss Man, man I le- yeah, I left the DMV and now I'm in something even fucking crazier <laughs> like he wants me to go to the airport like in the middle in the middle of a disciplinary hearing like what the hell did I sign up for well, that I think she knows because that obviously is some sort of surprise witness. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be Howard's dad. Don't ask me why. Really? I just thought it was going to be Howard's dad for some reason, the way they're... Like the first Ham one? Yes. Ah, gotcha. Big Ham. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be Big Ham. I, I had no idea who, who she was um, who she was waiting for or going when, to get. In actuality, if you were paying any attention to the episode, you would have known who it was. It's kind <laughs> right. of obvious. Yeah, it was happens. almost too obvious, but I didn't pick up on it. <laughs> But I do, uh, I do think that w- for her character, that was a pretty important turning point, especially how she turns out later down the ro- line in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I definitely agree because she really seems on board with all the Saul craziness mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad. Like she's she's invested. Yeah, yeah. So she she like proves herself to to Jimmy slash Saul. Right. Yeah, you know, she could be she could be a little morally. 
Yeah, fluid. I guess they, and, and I guess <laughs> more. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, thank you. But yeah, and, and that, that goes back to the last episode when he's like, this isn't your typical week. And she's like, yeah, don't worry about it. She was totally not affected by it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shows her personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Like working at the DMV must really suck. Really, mm-hmm. really suck. Yep. I mean, as someone who has been to a DMV, mm-hmm. I don't pity those people that work there. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's portrayed as hell in a lot of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. That's right. Even Beetlejuice is very DMV like. Yep. Chuck, um, Chuck arrives. I like how they have two people just to haul road cones off the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like when they pull up, there's two people like at the ready to remove the Hamlin's got parking cones. So much sway. Yeah, <laughs> that they cone off his parking spot and then put people a, a guy for each cone mm-hmm. on standby because like one guy can pick up two road cones. Right. Right. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The general manager in me, the operations manager in me, I was like, man, that is a severe waste of manpower. Like, that is right because like, at least twenty five right, an hour. Takes, right, because if it takes like two people like one hour to do an objective, that's actually two man hours that you right. wasted. So like, even though it took them like two minutes, I'm like, man, four minutes for that plus however long they've been standing there, that is well, an incredibly inefficient. You got to factor in the fact that Howard was there first, so he left. So it's mm-hmm. from when he left to go to Chuck's house yeah. to come back. They were just on the... They guarded his spot the whole yeah, time. Yeah, they were on standby. They were... <laughs> they <laughs> must have been really important that he got that fucking parking spot. Like, everybody else could park in the parking lot and walk across Actually, the it might be because of Chuck's allergy. He can't be outside for extended periods of time, so you got to make sure he pulls right up to the door. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Just pulled that one out of my ass. Right. He can't He can't go outside because of the electrical fields that might be uh, flying around, but he can ride in a goddamn car where, right. <laughs> where like, almost everything a, a is electric. brand new Jaguar, <laughs> which in 2006, I mean, it's hard to remember this is six years ago, but stuff mm-hmm. was still pretty standard in, in luxury cars like that. Plus, it, why is it now just striking me the Earth is one gigantic electromagnetic field? That's true. Just existing on this planet should be terror and pain for Chuck. <laughs> life life is, uh, life is pain. Life is pain. So he heads in. Yeah, and he bumps into the landslide. <laughs> I was so happy to see Huel though. I know I didn't even realize I was Huel. I forgot that. And mm-hmm. landslide isn't always sunny in Philadelphia. Reference. Well, what's funny for our preview show for this season, and I even said that the uh, the actor who plays Huel had lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I it bet would... he's I bet he's in this season. And if he's not, it would have been a perfect time to put him in this season because right. he lost all the weight. So naturally, he would be smaller than he was in Breaking Bad. Yes. And, Unlike uh, the opposite of Don Eladio. So that's two, I guess, Brian Wants answered in this episode thus far? Yeah, two uh, two Brian Wants and one Dave Want. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the third H, or the second H thing was always, that's been oft talked about. Mm-hmm. You definitely have the Huel infatuation. I just like Huel, man. He looks and, like a, he's a cool dude. And uh, <laughs> I want to be his friend. <laughs> You've been talking about Huel since like episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're my boy, Huel. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we going to get Kobe, man? We were just talking about the Philadelphia incident right, <laughs> right before we yeah. hit record. Yeah, Bill Burr, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I can't be too far away now. They were. Was it portrayed in Bacon Bed that they were actually like com- compatriots and like cohorts? Like they were kind of friendly outside of the business thing? Like they kind of ran together? It seemed like they. It seemed like they were buddies. It yeah. seemed like they had some sort of, you know, 
friendly relationship. Oh. When they're collecting all the uh, cell phones and all the electronics from the hearing room. It was pretty obvious that Jimmy was lying. Right? Like, how did anybody not call him out on that? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I left it in the car. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I immediately went, hmm, no. Yeah. Bullshit. Yep. Chuck takes the stand. He admits to the setup of Jimmy. He says, you know, I record. I, I like how he, he kind of tried to legal it up, like oh, yeah. legal up what he did. And then uh, uh, somebody objected, and he's like, all right, fine. I recorded my brother to build a case against him. Right, <laughs> like, like he had this big elaborate <laughs> description, and then he's just like, "I just I recorded it to build a case against him." The representative for the disciplinary board even says, um, "You know, you, you seem kind of unhinged on the tape." Right. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, that was theater performance, play acting, acting, acting." acting. <laughs> <laughs> and then he compares his uh, electromagnetic allergy. To uh, peanut allergies, AIDS, and HIV. That's right, you know, because these things weren't known about right. thirty years ago. Like I could see, I could see peanut allergy because that's kind of a BS thing. So, but so like, Chuck AIDS. is claiming to be patient zero, right, for electromagnetic <laughs> allergy. He's the test subject. Yeah. Yes. For the record, I'm not saying people don't have peanut allergies. I'm just saying. Uh, it's definitely nowhere in the field of AIDS and HIV. Yeah, it's pre- I'm pretty sure peanut allergy and AIDS are not psychosomatic diseases. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies if anybody out there is allergic to peanut. Yeah, we're not making fun of the fact that you have... We're actually d- defending you, saying mm-hmm. you have a real disease, mm-hmm. unlike Chuck. Yeah. Chuck is asked to describe his symptoms for the first time. He's asked again later. Right. But um, he says he does feel great pain, but he's perfectly lucid. Lucid. He's so smug. He is. He's very smug. And by the way, um, I'm going to interject this here. Chuck's eyebrow game is on fleek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wondering, I meant to go back and look at like the first season. He They gave him evil man eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Has he always had evil man eyebrows and I just didn't notice? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, I think he has. You know what I'm talking about? They kind of yeah. point up at the corner and then uh-huh. keep going at it. Oh, yeah. They're such evil man eyebrows. Oh, we see them. Those are scheming brows. That's scheming right. eyebrows. Yeah, because he, yeah, he is so yeah. smug yeah, about Chuck his is... whole situation. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you know he's about to come down a peg or two. States Jimmy has a habit of doing the worst things. That seemed almost noble. What a backhanded compliment. This like, is it's a- like trying to like, basically he's an asshole, but he doesn't mean it all that much. Right. <laughs> well, you know, the, it's that the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Jimmy's intentions are always good, but he does mm-hmm. crazy stuff. And this leads the fact that Chuck and Jimmy both think they're doing it for the good of the other person. Mm-hmm. They really, I, this just cements that. Like, they really think that they're both doing it. For the other person's benefit. Mm-hmm. So the other person will come out as a better person. Yep. Thus the unpass. <laughs> <laughs> Law is mankind's greatest achievement. At first I was like, oh, that's kind of a pompous thing to say, but there's some merit to that. Right? Like law law is mankind's greatest achievement. Mm-hmm. At first and that, at first I was like, <clears throat> tires, electricity. But then I thought back and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like some form of rule of law has probably preceded all that. Everything. Like, yeah. Pretty sure is, it precedes fire. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about fire. No, it might have preceded fire because it was like at first it was it was probably like probably what happened, the guy that invented fire probably burnt somebody and everybody's like, Well, now he's gotta die by stoning because he used this <laughs> fucking weird magic shit to set somebody ablaze. No, but it's okay because gravity's a law. Yeah, because well, I mean, is it mankind's greatest achievement or is it God's greatest achievement? Because the law of gravity has existed since before man. Mm. 
That's true. Mm. Yeah, lots to think about there, getting heavy. And let's not forget about the inverse square law, which which Chuck gets into. That's actually an audio thing that I do know about. The inverse square law? Yeah, the inverse square law. It's the farther you get away from something, the less intense it is. Mm. Because in audio, it's like it's 6 dB per... Every time you double the distance, the sound lowers 6 decibels. Mm. So it's something like that. Every time you double the distance, it drops so much in intensity. So law is mankind's greatest achievement, and uh, I agree with that. I didn't think so at first. The cynic in me didn't want to agree with that at first. Right. It, I, I wanted mean, to just start well, naming off like a ton of other things, like the wheel, electricity, Pop-Tarts. And, <laughs> and it's one of those like things where it's like, look at the mouth it's coming out of, because Chuck is such a pompous asshole, you don't want him to be right about anything. Right. Yeah. It's like, he's only saying that because he's a lawyer. If right. he was an auto mechanic, he would have been like, you know, uh, electric. The wheel. Yeah, the wheel. Yeah. The combustion engine is mankind's greatest. You know, but whatever a, whatever I, his field was, he would have applied that thinking to. Let me flip this around on you. It's the fact that he he might have even said it. He went into, into law because he thinks that the law is mankind's greatest achievement. Ah. He's not defending his position. He chose that profession because he believes that way. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like The different motivation. Right. Like, at, at first you want to be like, well, you're only saying that because you're a lawyer. Right. But, but he no, honestly he's believes a lawyer that. because he believes that. Right. And in real life, there's a there's a lot of merit to that. That actually made me stop and think for a while. I was like, huh, you know what? Like, that's that's pretty spot on. That's a that's a tough one to describe. I'm an audio guy because I think music is mankind's greatest achievement. That's also one of those like philosophical de- debates when mm-hmm. you and your friends is like four in the morning, you've been drinking or getting high all day. Right. Right. And nobody wants to go to bed, so you just start talking about like crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be a good that'd be a good debate. Rebecca arrives, the court breaks, and um I'm not sure why I didn't put it together. That's that's who they were waiting for. I was waiting for some other like grander surprise. Kubi. Yeah, something. Anybody, <laughs> yeah. right? Like anybody. Like just some off the wall. Mike? Yeah, anybody. But um no, it, it was Rebecca. Even knowing that that Rebecca was the other thing from the address book. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't put it together that it was Rebecca. I thought it was like another lawyer. It's just like I keep not paying attention. Or like even Ernesto. Right. Like I didn't even think about that being Ernesto because mm-hmm. he. Why isn't Ernesto involved? They just didn't want to pay Brandon for another episode, or, or what? Maybe, maybe not. He's kind of a big part of this case. I mean, he's the yeah. one that leaked the information, or maybe right. he doesn't want. Maybe nobody wants Ernesto to get in any more trouble because mm-hmm. he just lost. His well, job. he was really worried about getting in trouble. Yeah, and he he because remember he Chuck broke planted the law. The, Chuck planted the seed that it could affect him in the future when he was trying to like right like you know when he was manipulating him right. Uh, so things kind of full come full circle, and um, Rebecca finally finds out about Chuck's illness, mm-hmm. and um, she wants to leave. Rebecca says, "I'll be in town for a few nights," and basically says, "Hey, you can when this is all done, you can you know we'll we'll get together." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Like no, don't you know stay? I want I want you to see this pan out. Like I because in Chuck's eyes, this one he says you've been sold a bill of goods, and I want you to see what's what." Exactly. Yeah, okay. Because Chuck yeah. thinks, like... So Chuck and oh, her to stay. Because like, he thinks he's going to get through this without even revealing that he has... Does he think he's going to get through this without her finding out what his real issue is? Well, I think he did until she arrived, because he addresses that. Or maybe once she arrives, he's like, okay, now we're in too deep, now you need to hold, know the whole story. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Jimmy told her what was going on, so now he's forced to confront it. He finds out that Jimmy, going back to the beginning of the episode, finally told Rebecca... Uh-huh. what was going on and put right. everything in context for her. Right. Right. So now, now she knows that Chuck has this illness mm-hmm. and he's kind of seeing the writing on the wall that 
she's there to kind of rattle him. But his thing is, I'm going to show how strong I am. Right. And fine, okay, like, it's going to come out. But I, but it's more important that he exposes Jimmy for all of his shenanigans. Right. Then it is the to law keep, is to keep, the precedent. Right. To keep the, the charade or right. charade. Up. If you will. Uh, Kim and Jimmy are in the hall. And she says, Rebecca, is not what she expected? Yeah. You know, out of, out of Chuck's ex-wife. I like how she says, um, she's going to hate you when this is all over. Yeah. That's some definitely an ominous statement right there. Cause, uh, that that's like, as a viewer, I buckled in mm-hmm. at that point. I was like, okay, now we're going to, something's going to come out. Right. And yeah. Jimmy's just kind of like, yep. Walks away and throws his bag of chips away. Yep. He knows. Do people do that in real life? <laughs> like I always bring that up. Like the drop. whole, like dramatically walk off. <laughs> The mic drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. That that almost seemed like out of character, though, that he would he would just make that statement and then just walk away, leave her there. No, I don't think so. You don't think I so? Think, I think that was very... He knows what he's doing. He's got this whole elaborate thing set up. It's playing out the way he wants it to play out. Mm-hmm. The chips are falling mm. right for him at that yep. moment. So he's just like, yep. Okay. She's going to hate me. I know what I'm doing. Yep. It's worth it. Jimmy gets a shot to cross-examine Chuck. Chuck tries to be like, oh, what? yeah, what are you going to do? Say that? Is it your voice? He's like, no, that was my voice. Right, yeah, he's, he's only up to everything. Mm-hmm. It's already in the PPD. He mm-hmm. already admitted to it, so that's... Yep. I like how Chuck explains, or he uses the term space blankets twice. I was just going to... I wrote that down. That, he, that They say space blankets like 20 times in this episode, mm-hmm. which I thought was just like an offhand joke, mm-hmm. but they like the writers have carried this joke on. Right. They keep referring to it as well, space and to, blankets. And to Chuck and Jimmy, that's just like normal... Yeah, that's no, their, like, you know, code. It's just what, what they refer to it as, and he even turns to the board and explains exactly what it is. What the space blanket mm-hmm. is, yeah. Jimmy tries to claim entrapment, and Chuck says, nope, I provoked an admission in adverse interest, which is different right. than entrapment. But Jimmy, um, to like kind of what everybody predicted, though, he, he pushed the narrative that he was still just saying that to make Chuck feel better. Right. I guess he's trying to muddy the waters pretty much is what's going on. Cause even though, even though everybody has evidence of what transpired, he's still trying to push the narrative. But yeah, I, I said, all, I said all that to make you feel better. Even, even though it's like obvious that he did it. Right. So I think he's just trying to muddy the waters a bit. Okay. You know, just kind of trying to seeing what sticks. Like, you know, it's, it's like Kim when she basically said Chuck was mentally ill and they had to stop it. Right. Like it's one of those things is like when, when you say it, you can't unsay it. Right. Yeah, you know, so it's, it, I took it as he's, he's muddying the water. Okay. Waters just a bit. Um, and this is where my notes get kind of crazy because it goes. This is where I stop, actually stop taking notes. I have no <laughs> more notes from here on out. Jimmy keeps uh, cross-examining Chuck. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he says that his house, or Chuck states that his house is normal. Right. Even though he explained, like, all the foil and everything. Yeah. And Chuck explains, well, you know, my no, like, my house is normal. And then that's where the pictures that might come in. Right. Yeah. The pictures might exhibit, exhibit nine. And he, he's like, you know, is this normal? Like, look yeah. at all these wires. Like, he has a lantern on top of newspapers. Like, right. Is that normal? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that definitely answers that question. Mike was there just to simply take pictures of the house and mm-hmm. get Rebecca's contact info. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just pictures of the house because it's not the house. Yeah, which would the, be what he pulled out of the address book. Right. That people were debating what what that really was, and it was obviously her. Yeah, and he's, and he's literally just showing that this man does not have the faculties to uh, support himself. Exactly. So this is where it really got 
it really got uh, since it's the same scene, and obviously there has to be some commercial breaks and stuff in this scene. But uh-huh. as we viewed it, it was all one long scene uh-huh. with a lot of dialogue and a lot to absorb. So I'm going to read my notes as I go down. You stop me and jump in, okay? When you want, okay? So shows the photos. Hey, uh, you know, lantern on top of the newspaper. Is this normal? Right. Right. So I have per my notes, blah blah blah. Jimmy wants to show that his brother hates him, <laughs> which, which directly contradicts earlier. Chuck said, "No, I don't hate my brother." Right. You know, there's no malice in Jimmy. Right. You know, but but Jimmy's trying to say, "Hey, no, my my brother hates me." He's because now he's like, "Yeah, and pretty much like uh, the only real reason here when we get down to it, why every you know, is because he hates me." Right. Right. Uh, yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, Chuck gives away Jimmy's plan to break him down by allowing Rebecca to be there and outing him and his illness in front of Rebecca. Right. Trying to, now uh, trying to, throw he's Chuck. trying to stress Chuck out. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's all it is. He's trying to put stress on Chuck's brain. Cause this whole thing is about proving that Chuck is not mentally mm-hmm. there. And, that, and that's when Chuck even explains that, like, you know, he brought her here to try to rattle me. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, you know, and I'm sorry, I deceived you, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. You know, like so now it's out in the open because Chuck's even like, you know, he thought that it was going to help his case by bringing you here, so now I have to admit all this stuff I've been keeping from you for years and years and years. And he thought it was going to rattle me, and then he was kind of like smug, and he's like, kind of like a, hey, nice try, right? right? Because Chuck thinks he's like one step ahead of Jimmy at all points, so right? He's like, ha ha ha, you know, like checkmate. What do you have now? Mm-hmm. So. So, meh, meh, meh. <laughs> Jimmy gets down to brass tacks. And uh, again, Chuck describes the pain caused by electrical current. He brings up what was brought up before. Like, well, why aren't the exosigns affecting right. you? And he gives the inverse square law. So he explains that the exit signs are not from Chuck's distance. Mm-hmm. They're not putting enough current out for him to be affected to the point where it disrupts his actions. Mm-hmm. So at this point, there was so much dialogue in this scene. I just started writing to almost amuse myself. <laughs> so here, here is the dialogue as I transcribe it. Not the dialogue as it was said in the episode. Right. Dialogue as I transcribed it. Go ahead. Ready? <clears throat> well, why doesn't the exit signs hurt? Chuck, inverse square law, fools. <laughs> Jimmy uh, talks about the nearest source. Can you can see like the nearest source? And uh, Chuck's like, you have something in your pocket, Jimmy? Like, because he's one step ahead again, right? right like, yeah. Ah, yeah, nice try, fucker. Like, I see yeah. what you're doing. Like, everybody saw that bullshit where you said you kept your phone in your car. Right, yeah. Yeah. Way to telegraph your move. Do you, you know, now it's coming back to bite you because he thinks he's so much ahead. He's like, see? So maybe that was everybody just kind of letting, because that, you know, with Jimmy's reputation, like just letting right. him hang himself. Right. And maybe that's why nobody said anything about like, it's not in your car. So Kansas, it's, like, right. it's a Kansas city shuffle, man. Kansas city shuffle. That's, that's right. right. Look over here. Will mm-hmm. I do this over here? Yep. And Jimmy's all like cell phone. Bam. <laughs> 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 and then Chuck's all like, it's cool. Peep this. <laughs> and he takes, takes the battery cover off and he's like, no battery, homie. <laughs> and everybody is like, oh snap. <laughs> it was hard to say, you know, this is all legalese that I'm speaking. Right, so yeah. I hope everybody yeah, out there can I, interpret I, this. You guys yeah. can wade through the jargon here. Yeah. <laughs> so great moment because 
by appearing to um, remove the battery out, Jimmy exposes Jimmy's cheap ploy, right? Right. Because uh, if Jimmy thinks Chuck's exaggerating, then why take the battery out? Exactly. Because he's setting it up. Because now it looks like Chuck's like, well, yeah, it's real, fuckers. Yeah. Like, you know, it's real. You're such a dumbass and trying to make me look stupid that you bring a cell phone when I called it that it was in your pocket. Right. But now, it now you know, once again, he thinks he's he's one step ahead. Uh, then whammo. <laughs> <laughs> again. Again. Jargon. Ready? Right, right. Okay. So Jimmy's all like, check your pocket player. <laughs> and uh, Chuck's like, Psh, you got jokes, son. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Then Chuck reaches into his pocket and grips Jimmy's cell phone battery. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy's all like, man, that was planted by my man Huel like, a, like an hour and 43 minutes ago. And then Chuck goes, buck. <laughs> <laughs> he flips out, like throws it, like kind of bounces it off the podium and it lands on the floor. Right. Right. And uh, the then, lectern, if you will. The lectern. Thank you. And uh, now everything's exposed, you know, Huel's on the witness list, which huge oversight for Chuck. For somebody who's like that detailed about the law, uh-huh. how come he didn't put put it together that, because there was very few people in the courtroom, right? Right. He didn't put it together that, you know, mastermind Chuck didn't put it together that one of the key witnesses for his brother was missing. Some rando? <laughs> yeah. And especially since they're like in a closed, you know, pretty tight community. Well, it this- seems like everybody involved at least knows somebody. Mm-hmm. He didn't look down the list and be like, Yule. Who the hell is Yule? Right. Like, I know everybody here. No Yule. He probably just figured maybe, you know, Jimmy's going to try some crap with some guy that he knows mm-hmm. that's like, going to be, you know. Right. And he may think that, you know, he, he says he's already so far ahead of Jimmy. Right. You know, his, his strategy previous to this was probably like, anything he throws at me, I'm just going to be right there to, right. you know, take him down. So maybe off screen, he, he did the math in his head. AKA. AKA Chuck was all like, I'm fa- I'm unfadeable, so please mm-hmm. do not try and fade me. Yeah, please, yes. please, unfadeable, please do not try to fade me. <laughs> and this is where I was talking about. It was kind of like a clip show, right? Because uh-huh. then Chuck flips out. He mentions the coffee shop. Yeah, he, he goes he goes back through all. Yeah, he mentions the dude falling off the billboard. People don't fall like that, <laughs> you know. Uh, he defecated through a sunroof. Um, Chicago sunroof, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, uh, you know, Chuck tried to save him. Yeah. Right, because he, now he's trying to like repaint himself as a guy going through all these motions for Jimmy's good, uh-huh. you know, because he doesn't hate his brother, right? Like you right. know, like you know, I saved him and I, I shouldn't have. Um, then he kind of goes way back to the flashback that we saw last season with you know little Jimmy, uh, you know, robbing his parents. Yeah, blind. you took the money out of the register. You broke our parents. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, he stole our parents blind. And he gets to be a lawyer. Right. <laughs> like, it, it's just like. Uh, and, and he's still everybody's favorite. And he throw that out there, too. Like, everybody yeah. loves Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not Jimmy. Yeah. Right? He's like, this getting all worked up. And then the, he sinks his own shit because he's like, you know, and he gets to be a lawyer. And he's like, you have to stop him. So pretty much now, right. whether or not that's his intent. The jig is up, buddy. Yeah, the jig is up. This is obviously all because you want to get back at your brother. Right. Right, it's personal. You don't want. You don't think Jimmy should be practicing law, mm-hmm. and this turned out to be the exact Law and Order type episode that Jeff had been predicting for two yeah, weeks. If you if you remember, <laughs> if you remember Jeff, uh, our third mic on preview with the prior, uh-huh. 
Um, yeah, he totally called that, right? He yeah. said this would be like a long courtroom scene, probably branching two episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very like 1980s lawyery, bunch yeah. of back and Which- forth. And I I didn't think they would go this route, man. I'm not I'm going to be honest with mm-hmm. you because it's it is it's typical. Mm-hmm. You bring the guy in the stand and then you work him into a confession. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were going to do that because that's what every freaking lawyer show does, mm-hmm. you know, in movies and stuff especially. But uh, yeah, that was a shocker to me. That uh, I'm still cool with it though because Michael McKeon chewed up the scenery so good. Dude, yeah, great acting, so right? Yeah. Great acting. Suddenly, Chuck um, realizes he said too much. Yeah. And he's like, he got me. Yep. You know, like everything I thought, everything I was ready to prevent, he got me. Like everything that Chuck was focused on was inconsequential. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, he he did the, uh, he saved all of his chips for the one, for the one hand. Yeah. Yeah. And And then went all in. Awkward hush falls over the crowd. You know, Jimmy, uh, I, I, you know. Uh, do you have any more questions? He's like, uh, you know. So I wonder if that even got more intense than Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah, you know, like, like I, I got the feeling. Because all he wanted to do was bust Chuck out and the fact that he couldn't feel the battery. Like, he wanted the result, but I don't think he realized it would be that intense, you know. Right. So, I, like, I, I don't feel like Jimmy, when they asked him if he had any more, and he just kind of, like, like, it was like a holy shit kind of thing, right. you know. And like, and I just he got kind more of sheep- than I wanted. Yeah, he sheepishly was like... uh no, no further questions. And uh, and he rests. And Chuck, you know, he, he tries to walk it back a bit. Um, But then he just kind of, he's defeated mm-hmm. and exhausted. Mm-hmm. And as the camera pans out to just behind the exit sign, you just kind of see him sitting there and like the light from the windows. Mm-hmm. Like just a, a defeated, exhausted old man. Yep. <laughs> yep. And don't forget, he just did all of this in front of Rebecca, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, Jimmy pretty much destroyed his life. Yeah. He kind of, he, he, he pulled a Chuck mm-hmm. and set Chuck up. He didn't entrap him, but he definitely might have, um, let's say, exaggerated some things to exact, extract the truth <laughs> or maybe uh, provoked an admission in adverse interests. He did. Very, very <laughs> nice, Dave. Very nice. That's right. Then, of course, it pulls back, black screen, end credits. Great episode. Roll the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great episode. Yeah, very, man, a lot of dialogue, a lot of, lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the dude would be proud. Dude. A lot of layers buy. of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked a lot of the references. I liked that Rebecca came in and she's mm-hmm. becoming a part of what's going on. And this mm-hmm. is, this is, I mean, Chuck's not in Breaking Bad, so I'm starting to think that maybe Chuck's exit is a mental thing. Yeah, this is well, this is probably his zenith, right? Like, like Chuck's storyline can only be downhill from here unless he tries to figure out how to do. Well, he's gonna have to accept the fact that it's mental at some point soon, right? Or is he still well, he, he has to now. There's there's no other right. way. He had the battery over his heart. You right. know what I mean? Like, there, there's no... He has to confront... Because when they did the scene with the doctor, where the doctor shut the equi- or turned the equipment on mm-hmm. without his knowledge, and he didn't react, remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, season one? Mm-hmm. But that was just the doctor knew. Like, nobody else was... 
really aware of that, right? Right, because the doctor tried to try to bring that up, and and Jimmy yeah. wouldn't have it, right? Because Jimmy was like, basically, you're calling my brother yeah. a liar. But now this because is... he brings him because he brings Chuck home. Yeah. After that, he's like, what? What the fuck? It's obviously real. Look at like how he reacts to everything, right? And he brings him home. So then, yeah. So this is on record, under oath. Mm-hmm. Is under oath. Yeah, it's, it's well, still under oath. It's on record, and the bar association now knows about this. This is mm-hmm. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, maybe they can say like it's all stricken from the record because this isn't about chuckles, Chuck's mental, chuckles, Chuck's <laughs> Chuck's mental capacity. Mm-hmm. But you can't unknow things, and Howard is now like maybe that's the biggest thing is now Howard has seen this right, and now Howard specifically said like. As his counsel, he didn't want him to testify. Yeah, don't. It, Maybe Howard saw this coming and yeah. knew that Jimmy was going to work work this magic on him, and mm-hmm. he was trying to prevent it with subtle jabs. Like, come on, dude. Maybe this mm-hmm. isn't such a good idea. Right. That's probably why he looked off in the distance because he was just like, "Oh, this is going to be so bad. It's right. Going to be so bad." He was just playing in his head like Jimmy's going to do something. Like he's maybe he's like looking around the room like Jimmy's gonna plant something. Like he knew that Jimmy's gonna bust them out. Mm-hmm. And, and as Howard was probably just humoring him the whole time with his own suspicions. Mm-hmm. But. We had yeah. to humor him, and maybe now he won't have to humor him so much anymore. Yeah, so it, it's going to be so interesting to see where it goes from there. I This, by far, is my favorite episode of the entire series, and I, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. And it's funny because I've watched this now as we're recording this, this one episode probably a good four or five times now. Uh-huh. I've watched it on the train home from work. I watched it with you. I watched it taking notes. I watched it like two other times, like in my downtime when I was bored. For me, this is the best episode. It answered at least three things that I was just kind of looking forward to some sort of explanation. Three for me. It's uh yeah, the H the the H Huel mm-hmm. and Rebecca, right? Is that the third one? For me it was the first H, right? Uh-huh. Who's the other Hamlin? Yeah. How does Huel get involved? Yeah. And it answers definitively if Chuck's illness is mental or if it's an actual ailment. So that is that the question where Michael McKean said in the interview that by the end of the season, those questions will be purely, what's the word that he used? He, he had some very eloquent way of sidestepping that it. fucking word that he used? Basically, the word he used said that the question will be answered by the end of the Like, season. it'll be brought to light. I'd have right. to go back and listen to our channel. Yeah, it, yeah. because Michael McKean hinted that by the end of the season, that question will be brought to light, and this is the episode where it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, it was it was three biggies yeah. all in one episode. It can't get much better than that. No. Yeah. So I mean, I, four biggies, but what are the odds that five biggies would be a cool one, too? Mm-hmm. Monty Burns is creeping in now. Six <laughs> separate incidents? <laughs> Nine misfortunes? There it is. <laughs> so overall, awesome episode. I, uh, yeah, I, this is one of the best of the se- of the series. For yeah, me. It, yeah. It's, a, it's a great episode. Totally totally well done. I can't wait to see where it goes next week. We'll talk about it on Preview with the Prior, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it'll probably do the thing where we, we left in a really awkward position. So uh, Chuck and probably Nacho are probably going to be the focus of the next episode. Well, I have no idea because we haven't got our screener yet, so right. we, we have no advanced knowledge. Just to put it on record for people that don't listen to the preview of the prior, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to pick up this scene, they're going to resolve this scene, because they never fucking resolve a scene at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So they're going to resolve this scene, and they're going to move on to Mike. I think if they if they pick it back up, what it'll be is, like, it'll show 
the aftermath mm-hmm. and then just kind of like a defeated Chuck returning home, kind of plotting his next, Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe even like a silent scene of like, he just kind of slumps in and mm-hmm. that's just kind of his station for the moment. Well, Howard's got to give him a ride. So that's going to be part of it too. <laughs> Unless they just do the awkward silence thing, mm-hmm. you know, like of them riding together, right. like back home and just drops them off. And then you just kind of see Chuck go in and shut the door behind him where and Howard then, walks him in and is like, all right, y'all settled. Okay. Bye. Like that's the only conversation mm-hmm. they have. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then we we'll probably pick back up with with Mike. I'm assuming they'll yeah. get back to Mike. Nacho's got to be. I mean, yeah. Four episodes left. No, six episodes five. left. Five episodes. Five episodes. I was erroneous. There's ten. There's. Okay. I think I said eleven at one yeah, point, but I was erroneous. There's five okay. more episodes left after this one. So there's five episodes left, and Nacho, who's a series regular, hasn't spoken a word yet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So his time's got to be coming, though. Yes. His time's got to be coming because I don't remember if we talked to somebody or I read it somewhere. That um, I think it was actually on the official Better Call Saul podcast. They talked about how you haven't heard or seen a lot of Nacho, but by the end of the season, you're going to see and hear a lot. Cool from Nacho. Cool. So maybe they're going to take a pause off of this. Yeah. And it'll be more about like Mike and and the cartel. Yeah. And all that going forward. Yeah. Very cool. I yeah. Hope so. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens next week. I'm excited to hear your guys' thought on it. Make sure that you hit us up on Twitter at ISGM podcast on Twitter. It's all goodmen.com. You can email us, uh, uh, leave comments on TV showtime app mm-hmm. where we are there as the better call Saul podcast, uh, leave comments on YouTube. We were, we were really happy a couple of weeks ago when we got a YouTube comment. <laughs> like, yeah. We never get YouTube comments. So that, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so, please, uh, Preview with the Prior is going to be a good one this week. So, yeah. please, uh, make sure that when you're done with the podcast to send us your thoughts. We really want to hear it. Also, make sure to check out Dave, I, and Jeff on the Nothing Important Podcast at nothingimportantpodcast.com. New episode coming soon, I promise. Yes, I and, promise. And you uh, Twitter buddies, make sure to follow A Plumus Among Us on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> because uh, next week... Jeff and I are going to debut our uh, Rick and Morty podcast, which will be the Rickest Rick and Morty podcast called <laughs> A Plumbus Among Us. And I might actually try to find the list of names that I potentially had for this podcast. <laughs> and we, we settled on A Plumbus Among Us. Right. But I have some pretty funny names that are all like inside jokes for Rick and Morty. Right. Yeah, but, I don't um, understand any of them. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for that. Totally excited for 306. Totally excited to hear your guys' comments. Totally excited to talk to you on the Nothing Important Podcast. And uh, those of you that have now figured out that every time somebody direct messages me on Twitter, it comes to me as a text message. (laughs) I'm totally okay with it. I'll be more than happy to chat with you at any time. Except for Mad Cat. No more texting at 5 in the morning, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you can text me anytime. I'll do my best to respond. I always try to respond with you guys because as Dave and I haven't said it enough, we totally appreciate it. And before we go, congratulations to Rome Brown, Thunderchode, and DGER on Twitter. The Dodger? Dodger? Digger? D- digger? Dejure? Dejure. Suit Dejure. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like Thunderchode. That's probably the best Twitter handle. <laughs> but uh, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations to you three for winning the book while you better call Saul. We were happy to do that for you. And that inspired me to reach out to other other people, uh, like maybe collectible companies and stuff like that, to see if maybe we could do some sort of giveaway in conjunction with them for those of you listening. 
Uh, and you know what's funny, Dave, before we sign up, yeah. contests actually kind of stressed me out. Last year, we gave away 50-some T-shirts, courtesy of AMC. This year, we so far, we gave away three copies of Why You Better Call Saul by Steve Kesslowitz. But it's stressful for me because, one, I always feel bad that it's impossible that people outside of the country, we have a lot of European listeners and i know of at least two from australia <laughs> you know what i mean is yeah. and, and we can't send stuff to them but i'm I'm trying to work around for that maybe like like maybe i can get a hold of somebody who can help me with like a european only contest or an australian only contest mm. um but it's it's always stressful because i'm always like oh what if some of our listeners are mad because they didn't win but then i like yeah. try to justify it it's a contest not everybody can win but i want everybody to win right and i want to be able to do that for you but but i just can't so uh, just know that I am trying to figure out ways where those of you who maybe live outside of the U.S. or those of you who haven't won a T-shirt or the book, uh-huh. um, I'm, I'm trying to figure something out to where I can do something cool for you guys as well. Right. And with that, Dave. Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever it's called. 